Flow Riders, and welcome to another edition of The Flow. I've been on vacation, so I don't know what episode this is, but we are here today, and I am your community manager from Ecamm Live, Doc Rock, along with my awesomest soup-making co-host, Katie Fox. <laughs> we're on episode 23. I think we're 23 today. The Jordan episode. I think it's 23. It may be 24, because I was doing editing yesterday, and... We've been saying this for a while. I actually, I, I did, I put my mouth where my money is, my money where my mouth is. And I, I did a little screen grab of my Descript process where I say, you know, eight bajillion times and I highlighted it so that you see me in that zone, in that flow. <laughs> but so it's either 23 or 24. Here's a dope thing about the script. You can actually copy those highlights, just say copy highlights and paste them into a new composition. And that new composition will be like, you know, 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 you can make like, you know, speed clip. That's our new theme song. That's just going to be our new theme song at the beginning of the show. I say it a lot. Instead of like, that is my equivalent to like. You know, I want to do a chop cut of, <laughs> see, I just did it. I would like to do a chop cut of you versus man, Michelle. She is the, you know, queen. And I mm. yell at her body constantly, but she says it with such sass that it's like, you know, and then, and then, and then that, you know, girl. And I'm just like, Michelle, listen, <laughs> if you say, you know, one more time, I tell you what. <laughs> so it's interesting. You don't realize it. That's what I love about the script is it does help you find when you <laughs> When you say that, she says eight jillion times. Eight jillion times. I said it eight jillion times. But with the magic of Descript, I was able to highlight it and just be like, delete. And <laughs> now I sound perfect. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about today, Katie? I'm going to start speaking Japanese. Don't speak any Japanese because then I'll have to cut that out too. <laughs> Descript doesn't speak the Japanese yet. We are talking all about interviewing and interview guests. So in case you missed it, last week, I think it was last week, we talked all about our podcast resolutions. Doc had all kinds of feelings about the word resolutions. But one of our plans for this year was to dive deeper into getting more guests. And questions came up about what the workflows are for guests. So we're pulling back all of our documents and all of our resources that we've made over the last couple of years so that we can go through the guest process in the world of podcasting. So I did drop the links for the two documents that we're going to be talking about today into the description so that you can follow along. But these are just templates that we'll be talking through today. So please feel free to snag them, make them your own, edit them, disagree with things, <laughs> anything in between. It's so good. All right, let's dive in so that we can get us a nice, good recording for this podcast. I'm super excited about this because this is one of those things that everyone knows they need to do. I can never really think of a good analogy, but there's some out there. Like everyone should have a like fire contingency plan for their house. Everyone knows this. We all learned it from the minute we got into kindergarten, maybe even preschool. We did it every year for 13 years, right? You get to college, you do it a couple of times. At work, you even do it. I don't know how many of my friends I can actually say have a fire drill, fire safety plan for their house. Mm. Everyone knows they should do it. But how many people really do it? Right? <laughs> is that oh you got a new house, so you gotta <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm gonna tell the hubby. He wouldn't he would <laughs> he would engineer like a special slide and like a little it's ladder true. to throw out it's the true. window. It's true. Like, okay, we throw this ladder at an angle with this amount of pressure, we can get all four bodies on this. Yeah, you know, over engineer it. So <laughs> to the bat pole outside your new Victorian house with a bat pole. There you go. <laughs> um, I, this is one of those, right? Everyone should have this plan for mm -hmm. what to do with their guests. I have to say, as you know, a person who have to often answer these questions, I get super frustrated every time I see people having this problem over and over again, especially because if they would watch any of us, they will see that we hit these bricks too. And then we go through the list and we go down it and we find it just like that. So if you have, we did it last week on this very show. So if you have this contingency plan in place, you can, you know, uh, hitchhiker guide to the galaxy and don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> Grab your towel and your interview guide checklist and don't panic. Yeah, no, I, th I, I think that's absolutely true. I think having a checklist is really important. And 
I go back to if you were with us for Leap Into Podcasting, uh, then you would hopefully remember Kirk did an amazing session. Um, his session is actually all about failure. But in the, in the beginning of his session, he talked about the fact that he spent, I think it was almost a year, if not more than a year, just being a guest on other people's podcasts before he relaunched his show. And every single episode of different podcasts that he went on, he took notes on their guest process, what that experience was like for him as a guest, how easy or cumbersome was it? You know, what, like, what did he like or not like about their process? And he now has an incredible guest experience. You know, if you sign on and do one of Kirk's shows, it's inc- you know every single step along the way. You know how long the show is going to be when you join in. You know the questions in advance. You know the the whole flow of the show, what's expected of you, how to promote everything, right? And he's built this incredible process because he watched what other people were doing. He created this document, but he's constantly updating it and constantly making changes to it as he goes forward. Even now, so I yeah, I think it's. It should be a living document and it should be something that you, you know, you take the pieces that you like or don't like from, you know, other experiences and you build it out so that it's yours and it like, it really reflects what you're trying to do, but also, you know, it's, it's effective and it creates the experience that you want your guests to have. Correct. And if you're doing it that way and you are keeping it a live document, that means when something changes in your setup, you can update it. When something changes on the front, right? You know, like, I don't know, maybe there's this company that makes an app that you all know and love that might be coming out with a new version soon. Um, you want to go and update that list. You want to keep it, you know, keep it crispy. And as long as you have everything put in a, in a way that you know what to do, you know how to troubleshoot it. It works. And and this is going to sound crazy, people. This is going to sound really crazy, but I want you to imagine this thought, okay? So you just, you, your zone got called. Please do not get in line until your zone is called, people. You guys get on my nerves. I'm always <laughs> in the first zone, so I hate it when everybody's in my way. <laughs> when your zone is called, you sit in your little seat. You got everything together. You buckle up. And then right before they close the door, Hey, everybody, let's go to this video that we know you've seen a thousand times, but pay attention to it anyway. And it makes me wonder how many people zone out when they play that video in the airplane. Everyone thinks they know what to do until something happens. And then you don't know who you're supposed to put the mask on first, yourself or the kids. Uh, how do I put this mask on? Where is the flotation device? Oh, so this is in the lines of like the airline safety briefing. I know you heard it and I know it's old, but you should go through it every single time. It should be able to be repeated. Like I can do the Hawaiian Airlines one verbatim because I actually pay attention to it. And I've jumped out of planes for a living before. So like it's just one of those things. I know what it's like when people skip these things. And I have had to, unfortunately, send them home to their mama in a bag and be like, hey, the Army appreciates their service because they, they would tune out on the safety briefings. And you can never tune out on these things. And this is one of those things. This is your show. And a lot of you people, when you have a problem, you make like we ruined your life because this is the most important stream ever. And I always want to just throw it back at you and be like, what well, did you do the checklist? Like, did you have your contingency plan set up? You know, and I don't mean to be mean about it, but if it's that important for you to complain to the whole Internet that we ruined your life, how much of it did you take care of by yourself? And we want to give you that opportunity. Yeah, I think um, I think building it out is, is incredibly important. But let's let's take one step back before we jump into the checklist, because there were a couple other things I wanted to touch on in this episode. First being whether or not you a want to have guests. So thinking that process through and whether or not you want to have a podcast that has guests on and whether that's a regular process. And if that is a decision that you want to make, what are the best ways to go about finding guests initially and bringing them onto your show? So we've talked a little bit about this in past episodes, but I want to just call it out specifically in this episode on guests, the concept of, you know, as we just said with what Kirk was doing, there's a, you know, whether we would want to call it like pod swapping or, you know, just reaching out and, and getting to know others in the podcasting space in your topic or industry. But I think it's a really good experience if you want to be able to bring guests on to be a guest on other people's shows, which then makes it 
easier for you to do that reciprocal ask and start building up your guest list, but also is going to give you that experience on what it's like to be a guest. Because really with a checklist, what you're trying to do is eliminate the amount of questions that your guest has and eliminate the potential issues that your podcast may have that could be caused by a guest and save yourself a ton of time. So like the initial time you spend on the checklist is a quarter of what you would be spending if you didn't have a checklist and you had to answer all of those questions coming in from your guest on like, what time is it? Do I, when do I need to be there earlier? Where's the link that I need to click through and join? You know, is it an audio or a video podcast? All of those questions, if you're able to answer them in experience, like a checklist up front, you don't have to be having this back and forth conversation with your guests, constantly reassuring them or reminding them or letting them know bits of information. Everything is in one easy to find place. But let's talk a little bit first, Doc, about like where, if you want to get into adding guests to your show or you want to start a show that has a guest element to it, what are the best ways to be able to find guests or, you know, what's the starter process? All right. So the first one, this is top secret, right? I'm actually teaching this in my course, but I'll tell you the top secret answer. You guys ready? Write this down. J-U-S-T space A-S-K, period. (laughs) That's the one. No, seriously, uh, you'd be surprised if you ask the people that you want to be on your show. You'd be surprised at how many people say, yeah. And I tell this story all the time because I didn't expect it to happen, but it was literally a swing at the fence. When I first got hired by Ecamm, Katie and I were talking about something in the chat one day and I was like, oh, you have to read this book that I, I've been on and it's called How to Write Copy That Sells is by Ray Edwards. It is an amazing copywriting book. Like I am so in love with this. And this was just after the time that Stephanie and Mike Alton they had put out their entrepreneur books. I was reading this book like at the same time. Oh, yeah. Pro tip, read more than one book at the same time. Trust me. Um, it, your brain collects it better. I don't know why. It's, that's a whole conversation. Anyway, so I was like, this is so amazing. And then as I was like starting to just get the vibe on this book, I happened to have wrote this email that I'm going to ask Ray to be on my show. And I hadn't sent it yet because I was trying to make the copy sound... <laughs> You were trying to copyright it. <laughs> I was trying to copy more. And then I got this po- this on my YouTube videos. Man, I'm loving your videos. Your videos are... And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm the way watch my show. Oh. The minute that he pinged one of my videos, I was like, oh my God, thank you for leaving. I think I can't believe you watched my shows. This is super incredible. I'm super excited. And I have this thing sitting in my draft box to send you to ask you to come on my show. And just talk about copyright. And he was like, bet, when? And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do now. You know, like, so you'd be amazed if you just asked. I'm sitting there, like, waiting to talk to one of my heroes. And when he showed up, are you ready? Like, are you really, really ready? Right? So that's the key. You got to be ready. So, yes, just ask. Now, where do you find these places to ask? I can tell you my one of the greatest ones is LinkedIn. <laughs> like, if you go on LinkedIn, there's people dying to get on your show. Right? There's another secret that I teach in my course right here is, let's see, I'm trying to think of somebody in our circle who just dropped a book. Oh, Roberto. Roberto just dropped a book. Mm-hmm. Diana has one upcoming. D- Diana has a book coming up, right? You, As soon as you see them post that thing, like, hey, I got this new book coming up. This is when you reach out. Yeah, they want to be talking they about want to be talked about that book, right? You hit them when the time is right. They got a new product, a new book, a new course or something of that nature. You hit them up to get them on your show. There are entire applications like Podchaser that are designed to help you find guests, right? There are the people that get together. Eden will tell you cruising the hallway at social media marketing world or, you know, POV or NAB or any kind of conference you can get to, you will find the next 15 episodes in the hallway by doing nothing. You can hold up a sign looking for podcast guests. (laughs) You will have a line that looked like Piggly Wiggly on check day. (laughs) Just saying it's not that hard. Like I think people like, Oh, I'm having a hard time finding guests for my show. I'm like, you're not looking that hard because people love talking about themselves. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, yeah, I think, and the, the only other one that I wrote down, which I think we've, I've talked about, I'm sure probably way too many times on different shows, but look into the communities, look, you know, for, look for who the moderators and who the admins and who the leaders are in various communities, whether that's on Facebook or LinkedIn or anywhere else in the topic that you're talking about, right? So, you know, if I was doing a woodworking podcast and show and, you know, I would go into those woodworking communities, find the people who like to manage communities because they, A, are influential, they know their topic. They know their people and B, because you've made them feel special, they likely are not asked to do that a ton because they are managing communities, which is less flashy than writing books or having a podcast or having whatever themselves. So they're more likely to be excited about it and and let their whole community know that they're going to be on your show. So they, they will bring a crowd more than someone who's doing this all the time. And you're just one of many stops along the way. So it. It's the networking. It's a network. And I think that there is something about making, I, I hate to say like the little guys because they're not, but like, I, I feel like that is an ignored audience as far as interview guests goes. And those are people who know what they're talking about and have a really high level of influence that are often forgotten about. So I think, you know, being part of those communities and really finding those amazing people, it makes a, a big difference. So Wanted to call that one out. <laughs> yeah, and here's a great one. Let me tell you the domino effect of this. Okay, so I had the pleasure of being on Jared Spink's show. And I got to Jared Spink from Tom Book, right? Mm-hmm. So that's even another example. Like, I was following Tom for like a year before he was like looking for a live stream software. But because I was always in this community, I was like, hey, you should check out Ecamm. He's like, what is this Ecamm thing? And then Heather's like, I heard of that before, but I don't really know about blah, blah. And then the next thing you know, they're like, oh my God, this Ecamm thing, right? <laughs> and then so from the Tom, I get to Jared and then hanging out with Jared, you know, during social media marketing world, Jared introduced me to Sydney Dionzong, right? Sydney is like a Sony creator for the Sony camera verse. Like he is really awesome cat, right? Sydney was the vid and editor for Jenna Azera. Jenna Azera has an older sister that goes by the name of I just who is a big deal. Yeah. Now that Sydney and I are friends, like the chances of me trying to get to Justine would be forever. But because Sydney and I are friends, Sydney would definitely vouch for me to Jenna. And Jenna is blood related to, you know, like I Justine. So the loops can close faster than you think. You know what I mean? And like, I can't tell you the amount of people that are, I consider my friends that I know because of Stephanie, right? So a lot of times when you are talking to folks and you're building these networks, you never really, you never just really know. You never know who your people know for sure. And platforms like LinkedIn make it slightly easier to be able to see who's in someone else's network. But, and, and actually even beyond that, you know, it, because platforms like LinkedIn are so built on this concept of thought leadership and, you know, kind of contributing to these larger conversations around topics, it's really important if you're trying to, you know, build authority in your topic on your podcast to find those guests who are the ones who are leaving insightful, helpful comments on, you know, larger businesses or organizations, LinkedIn posts, like the the people who are wanting to contribute to those conversations and who are saying a really, you know, impactful and interesting things. Those are the people that you want as guests as well on your podcast. So yeah, again, kind of keeping an eye on those, not just who are the people within your network, but who are the people who are wanting to talk about your topic and who are going out of their way to be helpful and be impactful in that space is, is really good to keep an eye on. Here's one that I think often gets overlooked, but we did a whole episode on it. Guest swaps. Yeah, exactly. I wrote that one down. I wrote that down. Yeah. Definitely do the, go back and check out the pod swap episode with Jared and I, but guest swaps is really, really good. Um, I know that you're going to be on the Jeff C show coming up soon. Social Media News Live, Friday. You know what was crazy? When I announced the course, Jeff saw the the social media post and said, hey, I want you to come on the show and talk about, you know, your course. So you'd be amazed at the way people are paying attention. Like, I don't know if I would do the thirst trap thing and be like, hey, looking for podcast guests on my social media things. If you could do that, go ahead. I don't know. Maybe just I'm. Um, that seems a little needy. I think there's better ways to do it. Um, but you could throw the question of like, Hey guys, what type of guests would you like to see on my show? 
And then your audience will go in and start filling in and people who are paying attention will be like, hey, I can handle that. And I guess the last thing I would like to bring to the table is do yourself a favor whenever you're going to be a guest on the show. Right. So, Katie, you're going to be on a guest on Jeff's show on Friday. Yep. Having the back of your head, two more guests that Jeff should talk to. Mm hmm. That will kind of like work in the space. So you yep. can be like, Jeff, listen, man, if you're people are starting to talk about, you know, things that are popping off in the ed tech category, man, you got to talk to my homegirl, Jill. Like, she's really, really amazing. And darn it, Doc, you stole my idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys have covered this, but, you know, iPhones make really great cameras and, you know, Eden, she works for Camo, so she could come on and talk you through it. And she's so cool. Like, she won't like be a camo commercial she'll tell you like all the other apps too but um this is the one that she works for she's super cool you should like hit her up because jeff did that for us in dallas he's like let me introduce you to eric and let me introduce you to lou mangella and like some of the other you know cats in his circle right so and they will always invite you back because you're helping them you're helping them so like i put jeff on tequila and then she was on the show. And then yesterday he was like, oh, after talking to Keely, I got to give me a Discord server. And I was like, <laughs> got him. Yeah, I think I think that would be my number one advice as we dive into guests. So if you're sitting there watching or listening and you're thinking to yourself, OK, I've been wanting to add guests to my show or I've done a couple of guests, but I'm not quite there yet on my process. Make it a New Year's resolution. Make it a plan for this year. Write it down and do it. Be a guest on at least three different shows first. So before you book those guests, get on some other shows, see how that experience goes for you, build those relationships and networks, you know, figure out what you liked about that experience and didn't like about that experience and what were your favorite parts, uh, you know, really have that whole vibe before you make updates to your checklist or build out a checklist in the first place. So yeah, so that <laughs> on that note, let's dive into our checklist. So if you're following along, uh, Luis, can you show the QR code? So scan this QR code if you're watching on video. If you are listening later, you can grab this link from the show notes so you can follow along with us. But we're going to be talking through the specific guest checklist that we actually created for a show that we did with Stephanie Liu last year called Showrunner. If you haven't checked out Showrunner, it's a great show for learning how to be a showrunner, a video producer in the live streaming and podcasting and uh, live event space and live selling as well. But this is the guest checklist that we created. It's really applicable to literally any kind of show, whether it's a podcast or a live stream or anything in between. But yeah, Doc, let's, let's jump through. So looking here at the first page. So again, it's like really nicely branded. You don't need to start with that, but having like the name of your show or, you know, your logo or your brand colors really obvious is just a really great reminder to guests like what show they're on. You may, it sounds silly, but you may have lots of guests who do multiple interviews or have really busy calendars and like having that experience and having that front and center is really important. And actually looking at this what I might change later as we build out our own kind of flow guest checklist is having the link or a QR code back to, you know, the website or back to where people can watch the show would be really important to have somewhere on this first page as well, which we don't have on this one, but certainly could. Right, right. You would definitely put to join. You put to join like right here because they're going to come looking for this. Trust me. It happens. I do it all the time. Like, what was the join link again? <laughs> You're like, don't need this advice. Where's the join link? <laughs> Where's the join link? Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Have the, have the like call in link or the join this broadcast link front and center. Always have that too in the, you know, in the meeting invite or however you are sending that information over to your guest as well. But and then this first page just has really like basic, like really should be obvious information. So, but put it in anyway, put it in anyway, because it may not be obvious or you know, may not be something that people think about. I, I now am like streaming probably a couple of times per week if I include this show. And even today I sat down and I was like, turned everything on. And I was working away and then I was about to jump on this, this call and I noticed that it was black and I was like, oh, like, 
what did I do to this camera? This camera's not working. Like something happened and literally went around and it was turned off. It was in off mode, everyone. So I just needed to turn it to <laughs> on mode. And then it worked. So it, it can be easily forgotten. So if you're like having some of that stuff down, even though it seems really obvious, is helpful for guests to be able to have something to double check so that they don't feel stupid asking you questions that they might want to know anyway or should know anyway. So give it, just give it to them upfront, even if it's obvious. We have, make sure your computer is plugged in, which may seem really dumb, but... That one cracks me up, but it happens all the time. People come on, not plugged in, and it dies in the middle. And yeah, it's it's, like, it's more important for the laptops, right? Or like, yeah, if they're calling in on, you know, I don't know, an iPad or whatever. Like, if it's something that could run out of battery halfway through the show, it's a good reminder. Like, if your cable is downstairs or like in a bag somewhere, that's not going to be easy to grab. So, yeah. It's super funny. It's so funny. Uh, and then I like the the thing about, you know, testing all your gear, your camera, your lights, your microphones. And I can't remember what I was watching the other day, but I thought it was hilarious. Somebody was hosting a show and it's of a pretty high level piece of software or whatever. And then the uh, audience member said, hey, can we get the host like a real microphone? And it's because the host was still doing the show with the uh, hello. Thank you for calling Dell headset. I'm like, how are you still using the Dell headset in 2022? I mean, like it's inexcusable almost. But hey, there are people out there that do it every day. It's like, don't do that. Don't well, do that. and it and this is also like again, if you are having one checklist for all different kinds of guests, it's also really important to remember that like. In our space, you know, most of the guests that we're bringing on are really comfortable on camera and have their own studios. And but you might be bringing on guests who, you know, are not like they maybe they, you know, maybe what they're doing is not really tech heavy and they don't have a lot of this kind of stuff. So giving them some reminders on how to get it set up or how to look their best is super important. They might be using their phone as a camera, but you know, they may not have a, a microphone. So giving them some of that advice up front or making them feel really comfortable is going to improve the experience on your show, but it's also just going to improve your relationship with your guests. Yes. If I was going to talk to, say, one of my like higher-end CEOs from, say, one of the companies here in the islands, and I know that they're not going to have this type of stuff set up, I would send Brady or one of my other friends to their office to just bring them a setup, right? Or I, if they're close enough to you, I would take my Mac mini setup and set it up for them. You're like, look, when you do your interview, this is what you're going to do. You should also build one of these interview rooms in your office. I know you guys got space for it because I won't be the, the other person to have you come on. When you guys show up on the news talking about the project or whatever, and you're using that screen where the person's head keeps disappearing and stuff, it just really ruins your brand. And I know you spend millions of dollars on branding. Like, why would you not? do this. So in a way you can help. Back in the day, Leo used to send people a headset and a microphone. And we're talking like $40 worth of equipment, but at the level of show that everyone professes how important this show was, like how would you not send somebody a $15 pair of IMs? Hey, you're going to be on my show next week. You got headphones? Oh, no. All right, cool. I'm going to send you some IMs uh, just as a gift for being on my show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and that's probably more impactful too. I know, you know, I know many, I've done this as well in the past, but many of us have this process where at the end of the guest experience as a thank you, you send like, you know, a t-shirt or a vinyl sticker or like something that is branded that's like, thanks for being on the show. I would actually say that sending something to them in advance that helps them look and sound their best on the show is going to be more impactful than the t-shirt on the end. So if you have to choose between like where your spend is, like purple branded IMs or like, you know, whatever it is. Like I would, I would invest on that on the front end because that they're going to, they'll continue to use because it made them feel good and look good and sound like, so it, it's those kinds of things that I think are super important. So I just think through those decisions and again, have them really clearly outlined here. So if you're, for example, this, this document doesn't have it, but if you decide that you're like, Oh, okay, I'm going to order I don't know, whatever, a hundred, you know, headphones that I'm going to send out to guests who don't have it, or I'm just going to send it to every guest that I bring on that are branded. I would add that in to say like, 
you know, hey, on page one, like, did you get your, you know, make sure that you grab your showrunner special headphones, you know, make sure that those are in a, a place on your desk so that you're ready to go. Like have that line as, as reminders in because people may be coming from one meeting, you know, or one call into your call. Like you really just want to make sure that you give those reminders up front. Yeah. And then the last thing here on this list that's hugely important that we talk about all the time and is like a sponsor on this show is like really the one thing that is the biggest pain point for guests and continues and will always be a big pain point for guests is that they are going to show up on their Wi-Fi from like a cafe or they're going to be like at a friend's house. You cannot stress this enough to like actually have them check their internet connection. If they, you know, can't make any changes or the interview is like, they're doing it like and it's not important enough for them to upgrade or get to a space like have them go to speedtest.net have them run a speed test explain to them what upload speed you are looking for really like spend a bit of time outlining that at the get go and then following up with them about that because there are changes that you can have them make that's going to make that experience better for you them and all of your listeners and viewers that you could change up front and people just don't think it through at all. If they're not used to this world, they don't think about it. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I have Wi-Fi or like I, they just don't realize that how much it impacts quality. So. Oh, it's a hundred percent. Right. You know, like for us, we know that we're going to want to do some stuff live at an event. So we bring our own Wi-Fi. you know what I mean? So like whenever ECAM is showing up to an event, like we would bring a pocket Wi-Fi in order to boost signal. But I, I don't know, like, if, if you're going to be a guest on somebody's show, and I know you want to promote your stuff and you want to be out there, but if the timing is going to put you to where you have to stream from a cafe or whatever, cancel the appointment, change it. Like, don't be that person that shows up on somebody else's stream from a, a cafe. You know better because you, you're a streamer, so you know that that's not going to work. Right now, if you're at Cafe Max at Apple where you're sitting on the monkey brain's backbone, all right, that's different. But like from the Starbucks, no, fam, don't do that. Do you know what I learned recently that I, I don't even know why I didn't think about this, but um, but check your local libraries. I know that this is insane to say, but there are a number of libraries out there that actually have now like recording spaces that you can rent for free because it's a library. So if you have a guest that's like, you know, oh, I, you know, they live in the middle of nowhere or they're, they're concerned about their internet connection, that's something you can suggest. That makes you a great host to be able to give them additional resources, especially those that are free or really affordable. So, you know, you could offer for them to go in. You know who else has that, Katie? Your cable access. You know, every co every cable company has to have they have to have a cable access thing. It's a federal requirement. So uh, here it's called a Lello, but they have rooms set up, right? And we're talking studio rooms where they get to go in there and look like freaking Oprah with all the equipment and everything. So send them there, you know, or like, again, if it's that important to you, you can find in the community, in the ECAM community, guess what? We have a lot of people with streaming knowledge, know-how and equipment, right? So if I had a, a person that I wanted to interview somewhere in the greater Bostonian area and I was worried about them, I'll be like, hey, Jill, listen, can you go over to this person's office and set up, you know, your little Canon M50 and the microphone and, and everything for them? I need to do the stream. It's super important. You know, I'll throw you like 200 bones or whatever. And she'll be like, yeah, bet. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, Katie's right. Like, be, be a good host. Just like you was going to clean your living room and then serve up, you know, a little horse divorce. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to page two, Luis. <laughs> this is fun to get to boss Louise around. <laughs> All right. So these have changed, Doc has told me, so we need to update this. But there are instances where, again, people who are not on live streams and podcasts every single day may not think to do things like turning on their do not disturb mode <laughs> or, you know, or making sure that they're in a quiet space or double checking privacy settings to make sure that nothing gets in the way of them being able to be successful. And I cannot say this enough. Your guests are not going to think about your interview until 10 minutes before they have to call in. So you need to give them this information up front. You need to force them to go through all of these, any kind of settings, any kind of, you know, anything that you need them to do, you need to give it to them enough in advance 
and and set a time with them where you are either walking them through it or double checking and make sure that they have done it. So this page, if you are listening and not watching, really just outlines that you need to make sure that your do not disturb is on. You need to make sure that you have an internet connection. You have a microphone. You have headphones or a headset. Like these are things that, again, like they may seem obvious to us who are doing this often. They may not be obvious to the woodworker down the street who I'm having join me for my woodworking podcast. Maybe he's not on all the time on, you know, on video and doesn't think about it. Yeah. maybe <laughs> I'm using woodworking for, for all the obvious reasons. Well, I was like, Hey, I, this woodworker knows what he's doing. Hey, like, hello. Yeah. So, no. You're an except. You're an exception to the rule. Of you're 100 correct, right? Like set your people up for the success, and then your job will be easier. Um, I think this one is such a great one because, again, we talked about it briefly. the The internet, the the microphone, and the headset. The headset is so key. And people say, "Well, I have guests that are reluctant to wear a headset." It's your show. Tell them no. Then, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like I. It, you can also recommend or send them one that is like is not as obvious. Like again, I'm not wearing this. I could have this behind me so that it's it's really not. A, I don't care. So for me, whatever. But I could put it behind me, or I could hide it in my shirt, or I could like send them the one that would make them comfortable. Yeah, this, this is what they think headphones mean. And what I like to throw at them, like even when people that believe that or think that. I like to show them the shows like, you know, Howard Stern or Don Imus or, you know, Mike and them in the morning. The reason why, even on broadcast networks, the pros are still wearing cans is because that's the right answer. Like you are a yoga instructor from freaking Bitigo Creek, Louisiana. You ain't that important not to wear headphones on the Internet because Right now, like Brent Musburger will have headphones on on the sidelines of a game or Chick Hearn, you know, when he's doing the Lakers game, he got them headphones on. So how do you think you're cooler than the broadcast professionals that we've been watching for 50 years? It just doesn't make sense. So sometimes it just maybe you have much nicer ways of explaining that to people. I don't really care. Like my show is more important than, you know, someone's feelings. I'm going to just tell them your feelings don't matter. Fact is you need to wear headphones. So simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we have literally written here in the, in this one, headphones are a must for interviews. This helps with removing any echo. So like for us, it's like it is mandatory. And also this is why, like it's, it, it helps to reduce any kind of audio issues. So I, so I think saying what's necessary and then giving some kind of explanation as to why it should matter to your guests as well. They don't want to sound bad on your podcast, I would assume. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it's the wrong guest. Like if the guest wants to come in sounding bad, it's the wrong guest. So. You know, this sounds good enough. I was like, all right, no, then you already know you messed up. And so this, you know, what, what messes it up is people, they are reluctant to ask people for the time to do the guest check ahead of time. Yeah, I think like I already feel like I'm bothering these people. And then so like to ask them to come on early to check your stuff. Every podcast of merit that I've ever been on, they're like, I know your doc and I know all your equipment works. You still got to come to. You still got to come in. Yeah. And I'm like, I I laugh at that, but it's true. Right. And you'd be amazed. Sometimes it's a good thing we did. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because people like you who know all of the stuff are still tinkering. So like you could have changed some of your settings or like how what they wanted you to look or sound like maybe different than what you had your you know settings sounded like. It also gives the uh, host the opportunity to walk through all of the scenes or the flow or the layout of what the show is going to look like and allows the guests the opportunity to better understand and see the show structure. So it's like, okay, you know, we're going to start with this like intro music and, you know, we'll be chatting through that. You'll be on within five minutes and then it's going to come to just us talking back and forth. Do you have any slides or anything you want to share or share screen? We can add that in here. Like it gives kind of the opportunity to understand what the big picture is going to be like and gives the guest opportunity to say, oh, actually, you know, I wanted to be able to do an overhead shot of my hands to demo my awesome woodworking project. Or <laughs> I want, I want, you know, I want to go over here and be able to do this, you know, extra thing. So it all comes down to how you position it to your guests. 
And what matters most is, you know what kind of show you want to have. You should be looking for the guests to have the most awesome, amazing experience so they tell all of their friends how amazing your podcast was, that they want to share it. They want to, they're excited about the experience for a number of different reasons. So make it as easy as possible. Make each one of those steps that you know are mandatory, super exciting. Like the show is an hour long, but we're going to jump on a half an hour early. So it's an hour and a half total time of your time. During that setup time, like we're going to be backstage hanging out in the green room. We're going to go through the show. Like we're going to, you know, I'm going to introduce you to my producer. I'm going to like make it sound really fun and awesome because it is, it should be like that. That experience should be fun. So true. You know, what's funny is I, I look at the first masterclass we did with Speedify and Alec comes on and after seeing our setup and stuff, yeah, Alex, the CEO of Speedify, right? It was like, Ryan, what are you guys doing to me? Let's get this studio set up. Now he, he set his office up. Now his is cooler than ours. He got light. He got his mic. Like he got the he got the vibe going. Like he really, after seeing what we were talking about, he went and made a space in his company, and they do a live stream every week, like we do. And it's they're good stuff, you know. So you'd be amazed. Sometimes you're actually helping that person out in the long run. And they'll start to understand why it's important. And I have completely through the doing guests when I was, you know, not say working here, I would have people that want to sign up for Ecamm after they see the process. Yeah. And, and that just gives you an opportunity to flex your affiliate game. You know what I mean? You have somebody in the show. It's so smooth. They're like, wait a minute. That was gravy. Like, how'd you do that? Ecamm, here you go. Here's my link. <laughs> so you'd be surprised. All right, let's choose the next page. All right. Awesome. So we're continuing here. So in addition to all of those things, microphone, headphones, good internet, you also need to have good lighting. Here's what that means. You know, so to, here, here is the best way to be successful and have your shot look as best as possible. And then again, camera, like we're not under any assumptions that every single guest that we bring on is going to have a, an awesome Sony mirrorless camera, but there are tons of options out there that are better than their built-in webcam. So highlighting that out or explaining what options they can have, like you can use your phone connected with an app like Camo. Like it, there are tons of options out there, but just make it as easy as possible or at least put it in their mind to start thinking about it so that you can follow up later with a phone call or, you know, by email with some additional information. Hey, did you get my checklist? Did, um, are you all set to go with all of your equipment? Any questions, anything you need? Like you've set that up to be successful. So, um, you know, again, like we have built into this checklist, like here's some of the affordable options that we have for like a simple studio. Here's the full list that links back to our kit.co. If they buy any of those items, that's the list we get an affiliate kickback. So there's, you can be helpful, but still helping yourself as well as helping your guests. And there's a ton of ways to be able to do this that make it as easy as possible for everyone involved. Yep. The thing that most people don't realize about using that phone as a camera is how good it is. It's so good. So good. When you teach them that, you'll be like, I can't believe I haven't been doing this all along. And I'm like, yeah, man. You know, like, and then they'll say, well, how am I going to hold it up or whatever? I mean, fam, for 10 bucks, you can send them something to hold it up. Um, but I've showed people how to like just take tape and to like blue tape the back of their case and turn it around and then flip the tape and stick it to the back of their screen and just have it hanging in the middle of their screen. You know, I'm like, you can just tape it up there for now. Uh, but yep. once they know what's possible, oh, they'll be your friends forever. Like, I never even knew this. I'm going to use this for all of my meetings, you know? So you'd be amazed. And again, if they don't have a camo, hey, the App Store fam, you can send somebody an app. You just cover it and send it, you know? So... Yeah, I just think laying it out, they may not pick any of these things and that's fine, but you've given them some ideas and you've shown that you care about them being successful on your show. Like you, you want them to show up looking their best because they have important information that you want your listeners and viewers to hear. So yeah, so I think it's, it's important. You just said something very valuable and I want to take one more second to speak on this. If you or that guest were going to be a guest on a television show, they will send you a list of specs. Every show that I've ever worked with, we have a list of specs of what it requires to be a show. If you go to a concert and you're going to go watch, you know, uh, Nora Jones sit down and sang. Nora sends a writer, and on that writer, she requests this amplifier with this microphone, with this type of monitor, and we have to go and acquire that to do the show, right? 
we are trying to align our podcast and things to what we're taking over the broadcast space because people are stopping watching normal entertainment and they're watching things like this. So you have just as much right to ask for these things as if they were going to be on Stephen Colbert. Because trust me, Stephen Colbert people would send them this list. And if they didn't follow it, they ain't coming on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not. I, you know, I see. I know we're not. We, we. I know we always pull questions from the from the guests, but this is a this is a good one. So Jonathan says, "Thanks for this. I always feel like I'm inconveniencing the guest with all of my requests. I'm glad to hear it's not taboo to ask." Oh, I was going to say a bad word just then. Ooh, yeah. I, 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 I pick one of the letters that comes after e that. <laughs> it's your show, fam. It is your show. Your quality should be more important than anything because you are the representation of the guests. If I'm going to have a guest on this show, I am representing the flow riders. I represent Ethan, Jonathan, Gretchen, Paul, Steven. Like I represent Michelle. I represent y'all. So what kind of friend am I to y'all? If I let somebody come up here and be faulty with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would stress too that like, I I can see how you would feel that way, Jonathan, but I think what makes it easier or what I at least I think makes it easier is if you can get a really tight process down, it's not like you're inconvenient. It's not like you're emailing them or calling them like every day for the week leading up to the interview being like, oh, and also like, do you have a microphone? Okay. Okay. Good. You know, I'm going to hang up now. Oh, oh, I um, And also like, you know, you really need to be in like a quiet room, like having it all up front, giving them space and then following back up again for like a, you know, like this is the process of my show. I'm going to book you. Part of the booking process is I'm going to send you this checklist. Once you've reviewed this checklist, we have a follow-up call where we go through and you can ask any questions because I want you guests to be successful. You know, 30 minutes before the show, we're going to jump back in and we're going to do, you know, our, our sound check and our test. And it's going to be this really fun experience. In the back. Like it, you've, you've given them from the very beginning what the experience is going to be like to be on the show. They understand it's going to be this amount of time total as an investment. They can choose whether or not they want to be on the show. Oh no, I you know didn't realize it was going to be an hour and a half. I don't actually have time for that. No problem. No problem. <laughs> so it like, that's where, like, I think it's a mindset to think through. I think doc is absolutely right. It's your show, but I also think we all need to get in the better mindset of, of being, I think that is being respectful of other people's time. Look, this is the commitment that it takes to be a guest on the show. This is the process. You know it up front. You can build that into your schedule. If your schedule can't handle that, no problem. No problem. And you know what? I, I think what Murray says is very, very important. I want to make sure this doesn't go unhighlighted. The quality of your show is the reason why they agreed to be on your show. Yeah. So why would you let them, why would you downplay that? And yeah. Jonathan, I'm clipping your comment because I want to make a whole reel using your comment because it is that important. You are definitely not inconveniencing them. What you would be inconveniencing them with is if they came up looking weak sauce on your show, right? Because that's a public thing that's now out there and it never goes away. And the minute someone looks really, really bad on an interview, you don't want to be the person that caused that. Let them be weak sauce looking on Murray's show, not yours. You don't want to be responsible. So I think that was such a great comment. And yeah, like I love it. This is why we do live tapings. We got good, we got good people in the chat. Right. We're, we got to fly through the rest of this now quickly because we've been diving deep. But um, so the next couple of pages here are specific to the interviewing experience and process within Ecamm. We hope that you are using Ecamm. If you're not, no worries. But you should be explaining what the experience is going to be like when they click that link. People don't want to just click a link <laughs> randomly and not know what the experience is going to be like on the other side. So it's, you know, what browser do they need to use? Is there a specific kind of computer or phone or something that they're joining with? It like, is the tool that you're using going to immediately pop them up on screen? In which case, like that might be jarring to some people if they're not quite right. Like explain that process out. However it is in Ecamm, it's really easy. They click a link with their favorite internet browser. They can select their camera and their microphone. They enter their name and they're into the studio. And it's very clearly indicated whether or not they are live on air or the broadcast is being recorded or they're just in off air mode and they're having a uh, conversation. So lay that out. So that with, ideally, you know, video or visuals or something so that when they click the link, they feel confident 
that they're not just going to like be entered immediately <laughs> into the show. Like you want to make them feel the level of security. Otherwise you may have guests who are panicked or are coming in like feeling a little bit nervous and you don't want that energy on your show. You want them to come in feeling confident, ready to discuss the topic that is going to be the main part of the show. Do yourself a favor and record yourself a video of what it's like to be in the guest mode. You can see that weird dude with the hat in the next slide a little bit. Yeah, click through, Luis. Uh, scroll down. To, yeah. So if you record yourself real quick in the guest mode, just do a screen capture of, hey, gang, this is what it looks like. If you click down here, you're going to want to select the name of your camera, maybe your phone, whatever. You're going to want to click here to make sure that we're on, you know, whatever your sound interface is. If you record a video like that, to just give them the instructions. It will be so helpful. And then also, if you explain to them the mute button, the screen share button and hang up. I recently had a guest on who's been an Ecamm user for like three years solid but they had never been in guest mode. And when I told them to hit the screen share, they was like, what screen share? And I was like, wait, you never been, <laughs> you never seen the guest interface before? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, that's funny. You know, you should definitely experience it and call back. This is why you should be a guest on other Kinfolk show first, <laughs> right? So that you know what it's like so you can walk them through the process. Yeah, I remember that like most people who are not, in this space, who don't have their own shows, who are not doing this often, it's already a little bit, they they already have the heart going a little bit. They're already feeling a little bit, they want to do their best. And so you want to eliminate any other extra nerves that can come up. So really giving them kind of a good understanding of what it's going to be like, plus the sound check is going to make them feel confident. They're like, oh yeah, I'm going to click through, you know, Doc's smiling face going to be on the other side. We're going to chat for a little bit, banter. I'm going to feel good and calm and, and deep breaths before we actually dive in. So like you're giving them that experience up front, which whether or not they realize it is just going to make for a better interview. <laughs> You're going to calm them down. They're going to feel better because they know what's coming next. People don't like to not know what's coming next. They just don't not fans of that. Surprise. Surprise. We should make this into it. I'm sure we probably have it somewhere, but yeah, doc's right. Having like a video version of it is also great. So, cause some people are going to want to, you know, be able to read through this and see visuals, but some people are going to want to just click and have a, a video walkthrough or an audio walkthrough. So having that would be helpful. If you don't have time to record this video, Adrian has one, Kirk has one, Diana has one. I think we have one <laughs> on the channel. Just steal one somebody else's. It's better if you do it because it, it's the personal experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're chicken, whatever, then <laughs> come and talk to me so I can beat that out of you so you can unchicken you yeah i can unchicken you uh, oh i'm gonna make chicken soup uh no <laughs> call back i really think that you should just send them one of the videos that explains it through it's super important and it will make them like you said you know feel better like like katie said and they've already have an experience of what the interface looks like it's not brand new when they first pop on yeah exactly all right, next page. Ah, look at us. All right, so again, like this is, you know, real deep dive. So if you're listening and you don't see these, pop on over to YouTube so you can see them. But uh, but we outline basically with a visual, like literally these are what all of the buttons and things are in the screen that you are seeing as a guest. So like, here's what you can control. Here's where all the comments are coming through. And what's really important is if you're using Ecamm and many other similar tools have, have these kinds of features, but there is a space where they can see all of the comments coming through if there's a live stream element to it. But there's also a space where there is a guest chat, which depending on the kind of show that you have might be incredibly important for you to let your guests know about that. You know, maybe the guest has like a, something in the background that they may not want to be displaying or something caught in their teeth or something. This gives, you know, us the opportunity as hosts to be able to just subtly type a message over or, you know, how, what, what is the back channel communication? You need to let your guests know those kinds of things and where they can find it in case something happens because, you know, often you're diving into the content of the show. And again, you want your guests to be as successful as possible. So you want to be able to give them moments to be able to walk away or do something. And, and the indicators of being able to say, okay, hey, I'm going to move you off screen. So it's just me so that you can get that out of your teeth. Like I, being able to have those channels and know for your guests to know where those things are is hugely important. And again, you do it once and you send it to everyone. So it's not like you have to Reinvent the wheel each time. Reinvent the wheel. Yeah. I, I would just take this and open it up in Canva and like, you know, just make your own. Just 
Yes, steal this one. Just take Doc's picture, put your picture on top. Yeah, just cover <laughs> cover your face with me, and it's a whole it's a whole thing. Now, I will say something. This kind of doesn't matter. You can't on, on number six. You can toggle between dark mode and light mode. I tend to put people in dark mode on purpose for the simple reason that their monitor isn't changing their face light. I don't know if this will show up on my screen, but like when I do that, it changes the face light. And I don't like that, right? When they switch from scene to scene. Uh, one thing we didn't put in this list that we should probably update, also let them know if for any reason they need to look at something in a browser, open a different browser. N tell your guests, never leave the tab that is the interview tab. When you leave tabs in Chrome, especially if they have a weaker computer, Chrome goes, oh, not using it. Let me release that memory and things can go goofy. Right. So I, I tell my users, hey, none of your business was going on in the browser or use your phone or use your iPad. But if they need to look at a browser for something, see their notes, I will tell them to open Safari or Firefox, the additional browser, do that and leave that Chrome tab focused in the front as much as possible, unless they have a really powerful computer. Again, like all of these tips are things like there's no worse feeling as a guest than when something goes wrong that's outside of your control. Like what, even if you've done a million interviews, there's no worse feeling than like if a noise comes out from somewhere or like, you know, your phone was supposed to be on do not disturb and starts ringing. Like that jars you out of the energy and the thought that you were trying to get out. So letting people know about all of these upfront just just reduces the chance of something like that happening. So it is really important and, uh, you know, we'll make the show more successful across the board. Oh, here's a good one. Paul mentioned in the chat, if you haven't been a guest on the show before, you could reach out to the community and many people would be more than happy to have you on as a guest in like a test inside the community. Wednesday at, I think it's 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, we're in the Discord. We have office hours. You can come in and just ask questions. I'm just sitting in there hanging out for like an hour or so. So you can come and ask anything, test anything, try anything. It is in the Discord, so you're going to have to join the Discord. But I post the flyer inside the Ecamm community. So that should be like every Wednesday for the most part at 3 p.m. Eastern. And I forgot how that calculates to me. <laughs> 10 is 10 my time. It is 10 my time. It's noon Paul's time. Uh, but yeah, just so if you want to come in and like, let me try to break some stuff while Doc is sitting here so I can swear at him directly. Uh, that's fine. I'm cool with that. You know, uh, we want to give you as many opportunities to solve these issues as possible. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Next page. On the last page of this is just a reminder about the setup test slash sound check. So Again, like, I'm a big believer and maybe maybe this is a bad approach, but people like the idea of like a digital green room. Like you make them feel like they're on Oprah or like one of these shows. like you know, we're going to we're going to hang out in the green room. We're going to do like a, you know, a sound check and we're going to go through the flow of the show. You can ask any questions. Like, you know, grab a drink, grab a whatever. Like we're this is going to be a laid back fun experience before we go live or before we start the recording. So, make it feel less like this mandatory, like frumpy thing that needs to be done and more like this is part of the overall experience and it's going to be fun. Like this is where we, you know, get silly. We're going to go through some of the questions again, like give them a chance to just casually talk without any strings attached. Like I, I, I don't know. I think it's about how you sell it. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to call it a sound check. Maybe there's a cool, I don't know, other term that you want to talk it through, but I would build it into the overall time of of the time investment of your show and make it just seem as awesome and fun as it can be. We do a sound check before this show every single week and it's my favorite part of the show because it's just like catching up and silly updates and you know Luis is going through all the different scenes and often there's like some weird thing that pops up that we solve on the fly and it it's fun. So make it yeah, make it fun, make it feel like it's Awesome. Here, let's just go ahead and put this out there. We normally come in early. We have our setup and whatever. The one time where I was bumped against the schedule and we didn't do the tick, it broke. It went to hell. It went to hell. Yeah. It went way south. Now, here we are 23, 24 episodes deep. Pretty much never a problem. The one time we skipped the tick, 
it was like, hey, hey, Katie, Katie, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't skip it, right? It's like I'm saying, it's just about flying the airplane, man. You cannot skip that that safety briefing. Here's what's crazy, and I didn't know this until it happened to me. Flying home from Leap, right? Um, after Luis dropped me off at the airport, thank you, Luis, and we flew. We were on our way to Honolulu, and I had a direct flight from New York to Honolulu. Something happened. Someone got sick in the plane, and so we had to take a dip in San Francisco. So we were in the ocean. We turned around. We came back. We landed in San Fran. The medics were able to take care of that person and get them straight. It was like a seizure-type situation. And then we were on the tarmac for like two hours or so, waiting for them to give us to go ahead to take off again. Nobody left the plane other than the sick person and their their um, significance other. When they closed the door and lined us up on SFO to take off again, they redid the safety briefing. <laughs> They're like, one more time, because we know you didn't listen originally. No, so it goes to show you that the FAA and people far more smarter than most of us, even if your butt has never left that seat, no one went to out the plane at all. We weren't allowed to deplane because there's whole different regulations. If you allow people to deplane, what they have to do to the plane to put it back in the earth. So all they did was kiss us with some fuel. And while they were kissing us with some fuel, they went through the safety briefing again. It's that important. And so that's what I'm saying. Do not, once you get your checklist up, don't tune this out. And sort of what Murray said in the chat, this is your show. Don't allow your guests to bypass it. It is very important. And yeah, even if you know what you're doing and you're one of the people that covers customer support, you still need to do it because, hey, it can go silly. If you don't believe us, check out the recording from last week. <laughs> it sure can. We did it. We got through our whole thing. And I, again, I can't stress enough that having guests can be an awesome experience for your podcast or your live show, but having a process and whatever that means to you, it could be a video checklist. It could just be a set of steps that you follow and that triggers little reminder, whatever your process and your, your, experiences for your guests, having it so that you can easily repeat it as you have more and more guests on is hugely important and makes a really big difference. So don't skip it. Don't do it twice. Do do what Hawaii Airlines did and do that thing twice. I, I just love the fact that you're now officially a naturalized American because you said process and not process. So take that cat and Keely. We got her. She's ours now. <laughs> I've always been, I'm an anomaly because I feel like no matter, I've lived in a ton of different cities across Canada and the US. And no matter what city I'm in, I always say the wrong thing or haven't been to everyone's favorite place. Like the amount of times where they're like, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we were at Skips last week. And I'm like, what Skips? And they're like, what Skips? <laughs> Haven't you lived here for it? I'm like, like I, I get that all the time. And I get that with what I say. They're like, he's like, oh, you don't like, I, there's expressions that I use that no one else uses. I now I'm just a mix of all of Canada and the United States. So wait till she starts hitting them with the docisms. Hey, that was, that was us to Louise in Bakehouse. And then after Louise had Bakehouse, that was Louise to everybody else that haven't been to Bakehouse. You don't know about that habit, Manchego. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we did it. We did it, Doc. We're over time. So apologies to Doc's people who are waiting. Oh, actually, but Paul, Paul changed the stream. So that was oh, all good. Nice. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Paul, see, Paul is wicked. What you need to do for your show is get yourself a moderator. I'm just saying. Or bring Paul onto your show. He threw a comment up in there while we were while we were streaming this. So if you're listening or you're watching this, People like Paul who like know all the stuff. Those are great guests. And Paul has not been a guest on as many shows as he should be. So if you're if you're looking for a great, you know, great guest, yeah, find the moderators, find the people who are like in the weeds doing the stuff. They they make awesome guests. Yep. All right, gang, that's it. We wrapped it. We did it. Thank you guys so much. And forget, you can catch us at flow.ecamp.com where all the places podcasts get in this guy, you can get us. If you like to leave us a review, please do. You do that over on Apple Podcasts. See, I said it right, Katie. Nice. Um, you can ask questions in the volley. You can send us video questions. You can email us directly, flow at ecamp.com. And we would love to get some of your clips. As a matter of fact, you might get an email from Louise asking you to send us a drop as a fan of the show. 
um, please do it because it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see that video. I really appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. Now, one last thing before we go. Speedify is, has been our sponsor forever. And you know what? I had the great opportunity. I was in the wood shop last week. I was making something on a CNC machine. And one of my buddies is like, I'm going to Japan. And people said, I need a VPN. What should I get as a VPN? I'm going to get this VPN that sounds like it comes from the place up in the Nordic area. And I was like, no, fam, let me save you 35 bucks. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm going to send you something that's only like a couple bucks a month. It does the exact same thing and it's much easier and it's dope. And within seconds, as we were sitting there enjoying a good teriyaki chicken sandwich, I set him up with the Speedify and he flew off to Japan the next day. Easy as pie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so even if you're not worried about your show, just you want to travel and you want to be safe when you travel, Speedify is the answer. It's already on your phone. It's just a simple flick of the switch. He's like, you mean, so if I need to see Monday Night Football while I'm in Japan, I go, yeah, I did it. All you got to do is come in, switch to USA, and then go right back in, log into NFL Network. And they'd be like, oh, I see you're in California. Here's a, here's a, a Rams game. <laughs> So you know, I'm telling you, family, get your Speedify on. It's it's much cheaper than some of those other guys. And it's amazing. And they sponsor the show. I'm just saying. And I will say, if you're listening right now and it's still January, they're doing an amazing New Year sale. So swing over there now, right now. Go now. <laughs> In there like swimwear. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for being a part of the flow. Flow Riders out. Bye, everyone.